What up, what up? It's your boy Django, host of The Django Show. I'm so excited to have you here for episode one. Today, we actually have a very, very special guest. It's my brother, Grant. He is a digital creator in the mobile and web application space. He's built products for many household companies. You might have heard of them. Party City, Guitar Center, and QVC. And recently, uh, one of his projects was released in every Dick Sporting Goods in the nation. He's the co-founder of a multi-million dollar agency you might have heard of, 860. And he has created and launched over 100 digital projects. Today, we have my brother, my best friend on, Grant. He is a digital creator. Oh, damn, dog. Bro, are you, can you see me talking? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I, fucked up, I fucked up twice. Because no, I it said, sounded good. It sounded good? Yeah, it was fine. What was, what was fucked up about it? I, thought, I didn't know if I was supposed to say created. I, I, I freestyled. But the good thing is, is that I can chop this whole thing up. So after that 30 second, I'm going to remove we can, it. Yeah, we can, just, we can just go through it. It doesn't matter. Like, however you say it, you said it just fine. I mean, this isn't meant to be, like, as polished as, like, all right, bro. I'm just anything saying, like, else. So, polish. I mean, I'm gonna be able to run the edits. Let me try one more time. And then yeah, yeah. I'll do it. All right. What up? What up? It's your boy Django. I am the host of the Django Show. I am so excited to have you guys here for episode one. In fact, it is going to be a very special episode because we have my brother, my co-founder Grant. He is a digital creator in the mobile and web application space. He's built products for many household names such as Party City, Guitar Center, QVC, and recently one of his projects was released in every Dick's Sporting Goods in the nation. Grant is the founder of his own multi-million dollar agency, you might have heard of it, 860, and he has launched over 100 digital products. I just am so excited to have him here, my brother, Grant. Love that intro, man. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> of course, man. You are absolutely incredible. I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't have been able to do what I've done without you. I'm so excited to have you as our first guest. It is honestly a pleasure and a blessing to have you here, bro. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do this, man. All right, man. Well, I mean, to get things started, where were you 10 years ago versus what did your, what did, what did you say? Where were you 10 years ago versus what does your life look like today? Oh, I guess that makes sense. I read, read it wrong. All <laughs> right, bro. So to get it started, question one, like where, where were you 10 years ago versus what does your life kind of look like today? Yeah, my God, 10 years ago. Um, I was working at H&M. Okay. I think literally at this point where I, I actually know I had just left H&M. I was working at H&M, Starbucks, and Brookstone all at the same time. <laughs> and it was around this time, yeah, roughly 10 years ago, maybe maybe 11, um, that I had left. And I started doing Views Media, if you remember that. And so, you know, I got into to that and that was like the beginning of my design journey. I knew absolutely nothing about anything to do with business or design or what have you. Um, and then versus today, my goodness, you know, you, you know, but as far as it, it's kind of hard to put it all in a box, isn't it? You know, you and I have so many projects and products running now. I mean, it's really the fruition of everything that I had dreamed of back then right and so you know I'm, I'm running 860 with you we have a lot of clients we have a lot of uh probably 
bigger prospects than we've ever had, right? Yeah. And so there's a lot of cool stuff there. There's the incubation. Today we're working on multiple funds. You have a fund that I'm helping you with, but uh, we we have the other one that's together, the Loudoun County Business Fund. So, you know, that's kind of like a brief overview of what's happening now. But it is crazy to think about. Yeah, no, no doubt, man. I remember I remember ten years ago when we were working together and like you had just gotten started on Views Media and I was still just working my mm -hmm. job. I mean, for you, I guess to segue into that, for you, what do you believe is maybe one of the keys to how you've gotten here? So obviously 10 years ago, you're just getting mm -hmm. started, not sure what it is that you're gonna, you know, what how what you're doing is going to turn into something great. And now, you know, being able to work with the party cities, the guitar centers, to have products launched inside mm -hmm. of um, Dick Sporting Goods, like. What do you think is the reason that you've been able to get to where you are now compared to where you were 10 years ago? Yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm such a big believer in just failing fast, right? Like just fail fast. I've had so many failures, but I've done so much over the years. I mean, probably every year since then, I've had at least two to five projects, right? Yeah. And the majority, the majority of which have not worked out, yeah. but I've done so many and I've learned so much in a decade, which is really a short amount of time. Um, you know, that, that I'm really standing where I am. And I also know the crazy part is just that I know that there's still so much that I don't know. Yeah. And that 10 years from now, I'll be saying the same thing, looking at myself today, the way that I look at, you know, the way that I'm thinking of myself now, 10 years ago. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but I think just fail as quickly as possible, but also do as, you know, do as much as possible so that the failures aren't the result, yeah. right? Because if you just do it a few times and you fail every single time, that's what you'll be left with if you stop, you know? So keep doing projects, keep making companies, keep pushing towards whatever, you know, that's the secret. It's not perfection. There's no such thing as perfection. You're not going to hit it every time. You're going to fail most times and not even just at like project level stuff, but even stuff like emotionally within you during the journey and you know you've helped me so much with my personal growth as a human being but it's like we still have so much more to go right yeah. but it's just it's just about never never stopping what did i tell you the other day it was it had something to do with basically you don't you don't truly lose or fail until right. you quit right yeah. if you're still doing what you love doing and you're still pushing towards that thing you have not failed yeah. so that's i don't know man I, I live by that the uh yeah the um book i'm reading right now is the greatest salesman ever and the first mm -hmm. i kind of scroll what they're saying the thing he says is no two men can define success because at the end of the day everyone would define mm -hmm. success differently but every man can define success or failure as the inability to hit your goals and so to some yeah. extent, if, if even though you may not hit those goals, if you keep setting more goals, then in some ways, even though you failed in that moment, it's not mm -hmm. complete failure. It's not complete failure until you basically said, you know what, that's it. I'm just going to go do something I absolutely don't want to do. I'm, I'm, I'm just done. hundred percent. Not any further, you know? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, for sure, bro. I mean, we've been on the journey together for a long time, you know, like mm -hmm. I've definitely gone from job to job. I've gone back to working at certain points. I mean, people don't mm -hmm. really see how many like, bad ideas I had with like, it's not even necessarily bad, but just like hip hop alive. We were working on what's good. We did different iterations. We've done so many but different that's, projects. That's that. just part of your journey though. That's what I'm saying, right? Imagine if you had quit after hip hop alive, that would have been your result, right. right? You wouldn't even be here. You wouldn't have the Django show. You wouldn't be doing 860 with me, right? So 
it's it's i feel like successes are just the accumulation of decisions to not stop at the end of the day no matter what you're in right so i don't know that's just the way that i see it I feel like that was a that was a bar right there like the, the <laughs> not stopping no yeah. so it's really what it is but yeah well so for you right now I mean, obviously you have a lot of projects and things like you said that are going on what what are some of your short-term and long-term goals that you have right now you know short term it's just to scale this year i'm trying to at the end of the day um you know, scale 3x what I'm doing, which is aggressive, you know, so it's a lot to do in a year. That's my primary focus, you know, um, from a long term perspective, it's really about 10x what I'm doing now. Um, but additionally, that's really just financially, right? So, you know, you know, I have the dreams of a robotics company and all of that. So, you know, that's probably my long term. When I think about long term, that's where my mind goes, right? It's a technology company, but specifically within robotics. Yeah. And, you know, to tie, it, it's actually very closely tied into what I do with, with interfaces. And I'm almost more interested in how people in, for example, the year 2050 or 2100 are going to interact with robotics. Right. And I'm not talking manufacturing robotics. I'm talking about day to day robotics and the way that the industry is going right now. Right. Okay. And so that's kind of where my head goes. And then, of course, I also have a big like pull in my heart for um, Syrian kids, as you know. So creating, right. you know, whether it's an orphanage or a fund or so, I, I just want to make sure that I have some effort towards that. Yeah. So, you know, but between those two, those are those are two pretty. Uh, you know, monumental things that you know, I hope to believe I will accomplish in my life. So, oh, for sure, man. I was at mm -hmm. a, I was at an event this last weekend. You obviously know, like out in, in mm -hmm. Carlsbad, and one of yeah. them said, "Make goals so big that people laugh right before they clap." And so oh like, yeah. yeah, I feel like for the long term goals, like setting something that just on paper almost makes no sense. Like for mm -hmm. me, it's the like literally creating a city where orphans and foster kids don't fall through the cracks for you, like helping all these Syrian kids, building a full scale mm -hmm. robotics company. Like to some extent, I remember when both of us were talking about that, even just mm -hmm. like a few years ago, it seemed like, like how could that ever even happen? Like where would we get the capital? How, like, could we ever raise money or whatever? But that was at the end of the day, the goal. Like that I think has always helped us back into our short-term goals. Cause at the end of the day, it keeps me going every single day. You know, I can make that happen. One thing that you helped me with that I want to say <clears throat> for this episode, and you know, maybe it'll help somebody listening, mm -hmm. is if you don't have goals, you're aimless. Even like, I'm not even talking about your short-term goals. Most people have something short-term that they want mm -hmm. or that they want to do, right? But it's very, it's very short-term. I want this car. I want this house, right? I used to think that was a goal, right? It's it's a goal to a certain extent, but then what happens when you hit that, right? There's right. so many people who hit what they believe is their short-term success. Let's just say for somebody, it's like having seven figures in your bank account, right? You hit that seven figures, but you had no goal past that, right? What do you do? You're aimless, right? Or worse, you don't even have a goal like that. And you're just getting up and going to work every day. You're getting up and trying to make a product that you have or a company successful, but for what, right? What is, why do you want this to be successful? Yeah. And I don't mean like your business goals, like, well, we got to hit this for this quarter. I'm talking about for you. Why really ask yourself, like, why do you want this? Why do you want this to work? Why do you want something else not to work? Like those, the answers to those questions 
will guide you towards something a lot bigger than what you're likely thinking of right now. Right. So I don't know, you help, you help me with that a lot and, and, you know, not just create like a one year goal, but a five year, a 10 year, a 20 year goal. And, you know, we talk about it all the time, but, and they change and it's okay for it to be fluid, right? That's part of the process as you, as you grow and as you change, your goals will change, but still have something there to walk towards. And then if yeah. you see something bigger and shinier, in a better opportunity, then start going that way and make that your goal. But you're probably not going to see that until you start walking towards this other one, right? So this whole thought process, I think, is crucial. Yeah, I mean, I almost feel like it's been the baby. The crazy thing is, is wherever you end up next is becomes a baseline. Like I remember, yeah. you know, I was driving the Acura Legend and then I had a Honda Civic and then I had the Accord mm -hmm. and I have a Tesla. At the end of the day, like it, I always thought getting the test would feel a certain way forever. Yeah, yeah. The test was amazing. Like I remember the first time I got in it in DC. I remember the song when it was playing when I was driving off in it. I remember like the moments, and I still have mm -hmm. moments every now and then in it because it was my dream car and like it still is. So I love my car. Mm -hmm. But the second I had it, it was like, what's next? Like me and you used to make like two, three, four thousand dollars a month, and we're like, man, we're finally figuring this thing out. I know. Yeah, we have, we're trying to hit hundred thousand dollar months, but it's like mm -hmm. we're at the point that we dreamed of at one point now. And, and it, it evolves. Like, yeah. And then immediately evolves. Like you're just in that moment. You're like, wow, this is great. This is everything I ever dreamed of. And then the next second it's over, which is probably yeah. why people, people are always saying like money's not everything. Well, of course money's not everything because if all yeah. like, money for the sake of money, then that's the end of it. But like, what are you going to do with that money next? Or like, what is the point mm -hmm. of having that? Which I want to segue into another question because I hear this a lot okay. for you. Um, you obviously have like a family and everything. Do you believe, like, do you feel that family comes before your goals? Cause I know a lot of people have a really hard time with that balance and trying mm -hmm. to figure out how to make things work. How does that work for you? I, I have a line and it might just be a personal one. Children come before my goals. My, my children are my number one goal. So I guess maybe it doesn't come before my goal because they, you know, mm -hmm. are my goal, but a significant other, for example, does not come before my goals. Um, my mother and father don't necessarily come before my goals. And that's like a harsh thing. It might sound harsh, but if your family is in a healthy way supporting you, you should never even get to that point, right? Just to never be to where, you know, but there, there's people have different family situations, right? There are people who have a mother or a father or somebody close to them that is like holding them back. And they're so close to that person that they don't, you know, they give up their dreams and they give up things uh, that they want to do for that, right? And that's toxic. It's not healthy. And obviously there's edge cases, right? I'm not talking about like if somebody's sick and you got to spend money, that's different, right? I'm talking about somebody emotionally pulling you down, right? So yeah, my, my kids would be the only thing, right? That I would put above some monetary goal that I have or some business or some, you know, something within philanthropy or whatever right so that does that answer your question is that oh, kind of i mean that 100 yeah. makes sense. i mean i always have had the challenge of i mean at one point for me i was just trying to find happiness and mm -hmm. i ended up finding more in the commitment to the goals that i've set and the process yeah. so that the lows aren't as low and the highs aren't as high but it's always moving forwards and i mean for me right now obviously i'm in a different situation than you but i can definitely understand that you know you bring mm -hmm. your life into the world that is a new commitment. Like I got to make sure that this person stays. Yeah. 
and make sure they're okay, which means like maybe I have to not do this job today, you know, especially like at the beginning, mm -hmm. like I know you were just always working to make sure there was enough to always take care of your kid, to always do X. But if I have to choose between, cause I know I had some challenges with my family earlier on when I like initially wanted to kind of quit my job and do things, you know, everybody had certain questions and like, is it the right oh, yeah. time or whatever, but at some point, I kind of had to decide that, you know, maybe I can see a vision better. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. But I got to like. You got to find out. I want to I want to just touch on something that you said maybe like five minutes ago, roughly. Um, yeah. You had talked about when you got your Tesla. Yeah. Right. And I also went out and got, you know, what my dream car was at the time and what have you. But the one thing I learned was. I heard this earlier this morning and I know, I know I shared this with you, the whole power versus greatness and yeah. what you're searching for and the importance of understanding the difference between the two, right? Yeah. So many people are wanting greatness. Um, they're not willing to do what it takes or what have you. Mm -hmm. And it slowly becomes really just searching for power, which might be wealth or the uh, visual appearance of wealth to the okay. point that they will have like a middle class income. And I'm talking statistically, you know, if you look up what middle class income is and then they'll buy cars with like, you know, thousand dollar a month payments and all of this stuff to look a certain way. I've been guilty of that a while ago right now. I wasn't really conscious of that, Thank but it's you. like, I, I didn't, I didn't realize that's what I was even doing. Right. But I wanted, you know, the person I was dating to, to see that I'm successful. I wanted the person down the street to see that I was successful. And it was like a car was a way to do that, for example, or wearing a lot of jewelry or whatever, whatever it is for you and your style. Right. But that whole defining, OK, I know that I actually want greatness, not just power. Right. And I want to can I read? Do you mind if I read that thing that I sent you earlier? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, bro. yeah so it was this is something that I heard um, similar to what uh, Jordan Peterson said is power mimics greatness. Right. Greatness holds power as a consequence. Just wanting power is dangerous, um, you know, because what will a man do to be powerful? What will a man do to be great, right? The latter is a noble journey. So you're supposed to wake up every day and focus on being great because if you wake up every day and search for power, you'll wind up compromising your values. And we know that's so true, man. If somebody's just searching for money and they're not actually trying to make an impactful difference with their business, with their product, one, it's kind of obvious, right? But you're not going to build what you really probably want to build. And so it's easy to get caught up in like, oh, I got to make this amount of money. I got to do this. I got to do that. Like you need a bare minimum to stay afloat as a human being. But past that, like I would urge anybody listening to this with their business or with their product, like how does your product or your service actually impact like a customer or somebody surrounded by your business or a client like is it making an actual impactful and meaningful difference in either their life or their work life or something that they do every day because if it does it's going to become something great right versus you know there's a lot of people who are like trying to sell something that has like no ip right and they're just trying to convince people that it's great but it's not it, they're ultimately doing it for only a monetary gain. And if you look at Apple or any of the great companies that have been built, the founders you've noted is like a common denominator. They're trying to just build something great. And it's fascinating to like, look at all these huge brands, like look at Versace with Giovanni Versace and like all the people like they cared so much. Right. And it gives such a different life to a company than 
another company that doesn't have that like moral value that want to create something impactful anyway i'm really passionate on that as you can tell but i wanted to throw that in there for people to your, listen to your passion at the end of the day is what i think has differentiated us for like the clients that we brought on because mm -hmm. I think you i've never known you to take a client just for money like we've mm -hmm. turned away clients where we felt like the people weren't right where the problem mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. But when you are like in the motion of talking about a product, like I feel like whoever we're talking to can see your eyes light up and the excitement that you have yeah. or what yeah. they think. Because mm -hmm. in, for you, like designing and, and running a fund and like doing the different things you've done so far mm -hmm. is not just about like how much money can I make? It's like, how can I make this impact? How can I be a difference for someone? Like me mm -hmm. and you talked about it. When we were talking about this whole like fun to kind of give back to Loudoun County or Virginia as a whole, we were like working through mm -hmm. that whole process. Me and you talked about how difficult it was in the beginning yeah. when we were first trying to build things because a lot of people like screwed us over. I know I spent money trying to get someone mm -hmm. to build our apps. Like we run into customers all the time who spent $200,000 and then they turn on their app and it doesn't work. And then it's like you burn the bridge. There's no way you'll ever have that person as a customer again. You're also never going to have that person actually want to work, have someone else work with you again. And mm -hmm. it's like, mm -hmm. it's so much easier to, I remember my, my, uh, one of my mentors at the event, he was like, if you want to make a certain amount of money, find enough people who would like pay a certain amount for the impact that would equate mm -hmm. to that amount, right? Like if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you can find a thousand people, who would spend, you know, a thousand dollars for something that would help their lives, then that's how you can make a million. Instead of being like, oh, I just want a million dollars or I just want a Ferrari or a Lambo or Rolls Royce or whatever. Yeah. And then like, what can I do? Well, let's like pump and dump some coins. Let's like chase this thing or whatever. If you, if you look at any company, right, that is wildly successful, they make an impact, like a right. serious impact, right? Even like something as mundane as an electric company, massive impact, you yeah. need them right like these companies that do really well they the the end result of whatever they are doing that they are selling whether it's a service product what have you has an impact to that target market if it is successful if it has no impact it's not going to have long-term success it's just not going to it's the definition right um if you solve a major problem everybody usually shoots for that first is like if a company will be successful is it solving a problem well that ties into it. If it's solving a major problem, it's being very impactful in a positive way, right? It's solving a problem for someone. And the bigger the problem, the more money they're going to make, right? It all correlates together like that. So I've always found that fascinating, like dissecting companies and, and, and yeah, as a product person going like, why? Why is, why is everything the way that it is? And why is this working so well? Or why is everything the way, the way that it is with another company that's not working? And why is it not working, right? And identifying those pieces. A lot of failing businesses right now, if they just did that, they would identify the kink in the chain and probably save their business, right? But you have to know to even do these things in the first place. Yeah. And we're always trying to iterate. Like, obviously, you mm -hmm. and I are working on so many different projects, building growing, trying different things. And mm -hmm. then as we start to have success, still trying to figure out how we can be better, still trying to figure out how we can do more things. So I'm definitely mm -hmm. with you on that. I feel like, you know, one thing that you hear a lot from people is like a lot of talk about like work-life balance. And I know that mm -hmm. you're a huge fan of Kevin O'Leary and he was quoted saying, you know, there's no such thing as work-life balance. And I know at the end of the day with the passion that you have for your mm -hmm. product, like you do 60 to 80 hour a week sometimes even up to like a hundred hour weeks. And, and mm -hmm. at certain points, like I remember 
some crazy weeks yeah to literally all the way through to like 3 a.m the next day just trying mm -hmm. to get the work done so like do you agree that there is no such thing as work-life balance or that's that's not really something that can be achieved i i agree that that is true for, for him and his life because of his goals right right, right. right? i for example like my significant other we only work because she's extremely understanding of the fact that i am not a, as i'm never going to be as around physically as somebody else that she could date might be right so in that sense i do there is not what most people would call a balance but it works for us for kevin o'leary for him and the way his life is set up he doesn't really have a balance because he's always working that's the way that he words it i have my own version of my balance right i can work 70 hours a week and still spend time with my son multiple times throughout the week and go have meaningful experiences with him right so that's a person-to-person -person thing and it also just requires you to be very real about it, right. about it with yourself right so for me it's not worth let me backtrack when a lot of people hear grant cardone talk or gary v or Kevin O'Leary or somebody that they look up to, right? If you look up to anybody yeah. and they say, I live this way, it's normal human instinct to go. I also feel like either I want to live that way or I should be, but I don't want to, like, you're going to have some emotional reaction to that at some level if that statement aligns with what you're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And the probably, I don't even know how to necessarily word this. One of the best discoveries that I made is that anything can be right or wrong for you separate from anybody else right it just takes you being very real with yourself and auditing yourself not just like your exterior or your business or but like who you are and inside and how you feel when you do certain things like if i put my work over my son i feel bad probably shouldn't do that right i don't want to do that i, I want to feel good i want to spend time with him if i put work over my relationship 80 percent of the time as long as she's understanding then I, I don't feel bad right it's okay for me right if i put it 100 percent of the time then i feel bad so i shouldn't do that it, you can if you're just real with yourself and honest with your emotions and everything you're going to know how to balance anything in life right even if it means that you need to drop something or a human or whatever like it doesn't matter like you, you're gonna know and i think that the conversation is it gets so complicated when it doesn't need to be i've had this conversation with so many people so it's a good question though i mean I first off, I want to say that I agree a lot with that. One one thing I back on is like I think that we're all limitless in a way, mm -hmm. limitless in a way that wherever you're at right now, you can probably like one one hundred x that. I say that mm -hmm. from personal experience. Like you knew me when I worked certain jobs and how miserable I was, how tired I was, how much coffee I had to drink, how much I used, mm -hmm. to, drink, I used to sleep. And it wasn't until I started going through the process of figuring out what it was exactly that I wanted to do, that all of a sudden it was like my my abilities were limitless. Like when mm -hmm. I first started fasting, I had no idea how I could get 12 hours. And then the right. last fast I did was seven days. Mm -hmm. At 12 hours before, I thought I was gonna die. At seven days, I was out on Rainy Street in Austin, mm -hmm. driving my friends around because I was sober, completely good. Same dude completely different lifestyle change. And then when I think about like that ability, like in my personal development, my personal life of what I believe, mm -hmm. same thing happened with work. 
Like I couldn't imagine working longer than 40 hours at some of the jobs I had. I couldn't imagine mm-hmm. like the ability to even do that. I was worried about like, man, how, how can I get more time off? I mm-hmm. was like, yo, how long can I spend in the bathroom today? Like it was constant, like I'm working too much and there was no balance. And I feel like the balance was, it's similar to like an acid in the base. Like if, if you find balance, it's at zero. If you have two, if it's too acidic, it's too acidic. If it's too base, it's too base. If you're doing yeah. things that you really don't like, like your body as a whole, like your whole spirit, I feel like just is so out of whack. And you're just like- It'll tell you, it'll it, tell it, you, yeah. It's like, why are we doing this? I don't want to get out of bed. Like I, you remember, I used to never wake up before like nine or 10 a.m. And then mm-hmm. all of us, I used to drag myself out of bed at 9 a.m. to try to get to work. And it was mm-hmm. almost impossible. Then when me and you started working together, it was like 4 a.m., workout, do this, do that, do that. Like I was mm-hmm. like in it. But I think what was so helpful for me was like I identified, and you said this earlier, bro. When I identified my goals, I was no longer aimless. So then when I was mm-hmm. doing things that I didn't like, even if it was my job that I didn't like before, all of a sudden it was like, I got to do this. I got to be the best I can be because it's going to equate to this, which equates mm-hmm. to this, which equates to this. So it's almost like finding a work-life balance is literally finding what mm-hmm. is my goal, what am I trying to achieve, and then all of a sudden, it's very easy to balance it. Well, this is how much it I is with my family. This is how much I got to work. Then you can go back to your family. Look, guys, this is the goal that we have. I got to do 100 hours this week. You got you know, to you know something I just realized while you were talking is that. Oh, yeah, bro. I'm sorry. I think I it was. No, 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 I was listening. I'm enjoying this. So I think it was you that I was talking to about this. If you don't know how to do something, it's hard, no matter what it is. Heart surgery is hard for me because I don't know how to do it, right? To a heart surgeon, it's probably at some level not as difficult as it is for me, right? For me, it's very easy to design and build an app. It might take time, but I know all the steps to get there. So it's not hard for me. Life is going to be, you know, really hard at points if you don't know what to do. Right. right. Because you don't know what to do. That's the, right. that's the reason behind it. Right. So if you develop these skills of just being very real with yourself and understanding, here's how I solve problems. Here's how I identified that I have a problem. Right. If you create this structure within your life, mm-hmm. you're going to run into a lot less. There's going to be a lot fewer things in your life that you feel are troublesome or difficult or what have you. Cause you know, if you have, an argument with somebody that you just started dating a month ago, it's gonna be difficult. You don't know how they think yet. You don't know how all these things, if you have an argument with someone you've been with for 20 years, you know them, you know how to diffuse a situation. It's not gonna be as difficult. Like this whole concept of just auditing yourself and learning and what have you, like this is just growth, but it takes, there's, there's, a, there's a conscious element to it where you just got to be aware like being self-aware is so crucial and it solves like i don't know a huge percentage of the issues that you might internally have like right now right if you're i know for me you with a lot of the stuff that you had helped me with last year while you were going through your own personal journey helped me just be a more conscious person to where i even could identify certain things in my life or i could you know in an argument right pay attention so and learn so that I knew how to diffuse it in the future. Like that, just that thought process and that way of thinking in general is something that I don't, maybe it comes naturally for people. It didn't for me, right? I had to develop it, but it applies to so much in life. So I wanted to just kind of touch well, on I, that too. I didn't even have this down as a question, but I feel like this could maybe further correlate. When me and you met, or I'm sorry, we're not all the way that bad, that far. When me and you <laughs> started working together, 
I remember yeah. that I had like a ton of friends, was super mm-hmm. social, was always mm-hmm. out doing something here, there, everywhere. And you and even me. <laughs> never really had that many friends. And at first no. I thought it was the most ridiculous thing in the world. You were like, well, for the most part, if I'm not really working with you, if you're not in my family or whatever, like, why would I, why would I spend time with you? Like, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, why wouldn't you, bro? Like, cause you got your homies who you drink with, you got your homies to do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. But as time's gone on for me, I've started to understand. And I, I obviously, you know, I don't really talk to as many people as I used to, because if I have such lofty goals, it's like, well, if I'm spending time with people where we're not working towards a goal or I'm not learning or something along those lines, like, why would I be doing this? So I think it'd be interesting to kind of hear like, cause you, obviously you figured that out way earlier than me. What like prompted that for you? And do you like kind of see that as like something that you hold on to? Like, how did you kind of find that for your it's life? It's a great question. I think if I'm being honest with myself, I'm very selfish with my time. I'm yeah. very conscious of like how short life is. Right. And I've felt a negative energy almost to the point of anxiety when I am not doing something that I care about, right? So I feel great when I'm with my family. I feel great when I'm working. I feel great now, now that I started working out really because of you, I feel great when I'm working out, right? Even if I don't physically enjoy it, I feel good. When I am out at a bar and hanging out with people I don't really know and, you know, drinking it's like for what and I've, I've always i never like was able to articulate it but i didn't enjoy the majority of people's company you know just it sounds bad i know it sounds bad but what i realized it was i just didn't like that company i didn't like the energy i had no interest in what anybody was talking about and i'm an introvert like to a point of almost being socially awkward especially when i was younger yeah. and so i'm just like a super blunt person. And I think that also applies to like me internally. I'm super blunt. I'd be around people. I remember being like a teenager and being around people and being like, I hate this. This is horrible. This is terrible. I want to leave like the whole time. But then I met more people like me over the years. And like you and me have remained friends one, because we've just known each other for so long, but you and me talk every single day. The common thing we talk about is we have a similar goal, right? So I, I get, and even though I'm an introvert, I get energy from talking to you. I get energy from talking to other people who like what we like and have similar goals to what we have, right? And anything outside of that, I have very little interest in. Um, It's not meant to be cruel or mean or anything like that. It's just that I'm very, like I said, selfish with my time. I want to do, and I want to live a life where I enjoy every minute of it, right? And it's not technically possible to do that perfectly, but you can try, right? And it's not, I think people think it's wrong to cut people out or it's wrong to you do it in a wrong way, but it's not wrong to want to live a certain way. It's not, it's not wrong to be selfish with your time, right? It's not wrong to do these things. Somebody at some point told us it was wrong to, you know, if, if, if anyone feels that way, I used to feel that way. But it's just a matter for me of like now prioritizing my entire life, like not just my time, but who I'm around and why I'm around them. Right. So does that kind of answer your question? It's a good question. Yeah, man. I mean, just even hearing you talk about it, like, you know, there was definitely when I was not doing the stuff I wanted to do, partying Mm -hmm. a lot, like living for the individual moments that I could just get a hold of on the weekends, like. I would say, because obviously we want to, like the whole point of this podcast for me is to connect with entrepreneurs, like help people who are thinking mm-hmm. about becoming an entrepreneur, give them like guidance and things that have helped me through the process. And then, you know, obviously bringing people like you on. 
But I used to question like why I was even alive or what the point of anything was mm -hmm. all the time, like yeah. constantly. And even though technically I have been like dead up to my eyeballs at points, completely unsure of where my next check is going to come from, I mm -hmm. had really, really hard times. Sure, there were a couple of moments where like I was really uncertain, not sure what was going to happen next. I was, I was never questioning the point of anything in comparison mm. to where I had the certainty of my salary, the certainty that certain things were certain ways that I was going to wake up and go to work every day. Like I spent the majority of my time questioning why I was doing anything, what the point of life was. I was depressed. I went through a lot of things. And so I guess to like add on to what you're saying overall and like even to maybe move away from this, not, I'm not trying to move away from the question, but it's like when you start to live in the way that we're talking about, it bleeds into like, it's not just about the work or the entrepreneurship or anything else. This also makes life just like better. Like when you're it's, not- It's just a matter, this is just a happiness thing, man. Like this is just a matter of, I wanna be happy. I know at this point in my life what makes me happy. So I wanna do that the most. And I have very little interest in doing anything outside of that. Again, it's being selfish with your time, which is not a negative thing. It's okay and, to do, right? And you're not, a, you know, it's good, it makes me think about that too. People who are upset with you for being selfish with your time, for doing what brings you joy or doing the things that you wanna do, Mm -hmm. Oftentimes when I think about those people are people who do not enjoy the things that they do. They're the people who like I've talked to who are like posting on Instagram about like how much yeah. they hate their job and how shitty the world is and how crappy this is and how crappy that is. Like when you truly start to hone in and also when you hit that frequency, like mm -hmm. I've met more and more people who are so positive, who are working towards things, who are yeah. big things. It's like it's a free, I mean, me and you get into the woo-woo stuff every now and then, but it's like that frequency, yeah. when you hit it, you're not even worried about what other people are thinking about your, your cutting people out, how you spend your time. Yeah. Not only, not only that, but what's fascinating is that when you're truly spending majority of your time doing what you love and you're just like a happier person, yeah. you wind up being kinder to people. You wind up being like just a better human being. Like I find, you know, for example, like, um, you know, I just, in my life, I find myself being kinder to people yeah. as an automatic reaction when I am happier, right? In general with my life. And when I'm happier, it is usually because I have been very diligent about making sure that the people, places and things that I'm around are people and places and things that I want to be around, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it, it directly correlates. And yet it's true when, when, when people get upset about you pursuing something over maybe hanging out with them it's i don't it's not like negative by default but there's definitely like a disconnect of understanding right if you told me for example you can't talk to me for a week because you're going to go do something i'm happy for you i have no negative emotional reaction right i know exactly why you're doing it i think it's great but i'm not like you know yeah. I don't know. It doesn't really make sense to me, and, but it, it did at one also, point. We're also super trusting of each other too in that case, because both of us know what the goals are. So like when I was having kind of a tough time, wasn't doing as much work as like I needed to, and you were staying on top of me about it. But I was like, bro, I'm just having like this day. There's a part of you that trusts that like, it must be something because like Jenny yeah. is doing its work because we know what the goals are. We know how we work. And it's vice versa too. Yeah, I want to make sure before we end this that I say this, which is, you know, we're talking about all these things that we've learned and they're great things to learn and they're awesome. The one thing that I used to do 
way too much was feel like maybe not that I knew everything, but I knew a hell, a hell of a lot, right? And that I had things figured out. I think it's it's so probably in the past like year and a half with becoming so self-aware, I'm so comfortable with the fact that I don't know so much. It's okay. Like it's cool. Like I'm gonna learn. I'm I'm almost excited about it, right? It's not like, oh no, I don't know anything. It's like I'm excited about the fact that there is more to life that I have to learn. There is I can be even more aware of myself. There are probably things even right now that I can do better or differently, whether it's within myself, within my relationship, me as a father, like whatever that is. But the journey of always wanting to be better and taking action on that Mm -hmm. is fun. It's exciting because it means that life is going to continue to get even more and more and more enjoyable, right? And some things I can't even foresee. So that's something I wanted to add, right? Just which is so that's important. Like the secret to success? That that's part of your secret to success? I think it's the secret to having something to live for, right? Like you, you, you mm. growth, there's nothing, if you don't have anything that you're growing towards and you have no goals, then it removes anything to look forward to, right? Or do, you're just left with these momentary little, maybe like monetary things or just, you know, the things are really spaced out. But when you wake up every day excited, to do what you do is excited to be around the people that you have selectively decided to be around. And you just, it, it's just a great life to live, right? Even a bad day isn't really that bad. Right. So that's what I try to do. And I'm not perfect. Nobody is right. So I have bad days and I have these things, but having this thought process, 110% makes it better. Right. I had like, um, the incident in the office, right. The, the thing that you know about is out of my control. It's somebody else, but, it didn't ruin my day, right? It was just that moment. And I consciously in that moment thought, you know, okay, that was annoying. Move on. That's it. Right. But, but it's because I'm aware to even do that. And it, so it kind of circles back. But anyway, I know we're, we're approaching the 45 minute mark. So I know, man. Well, why don't you, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know you don't read a ton, but you obviously nope. like a lot of videos <laughs> and things that you watch. Mm-hmm. What, um, what would you say is something you'd want to maybe leave the, the listeners with as they're like in their journeys, whether mm-hmm. they're, you know, an entrepreneur already thinking about taking the leap, you know, what would, what are some words of wisdom maybe that you've heard from a book yeah. or from audio that you want to leave people with? I would just say, just don't be afraid of anything, right? We as humans, no matter you, you could make, you know, hundred billion dollars. You're still going to, there's still going to be something inside of you because you're human. We're all human to where you're afraid to do certain things, where you're afraid to take a leave, where you're afraid to quit your job or where you're afraid to ask a client for more money, right. Or to raise your prices or whatever. Just don't be afraid. Right. I think that, that, uh, that right there is like, even if you feel that fear, push through it, right. No matter what it is. And it can be small actions. It can be really big actions. It could be, um, you know, anything around that. I'm, I think the fear is what kills most people on the inside, not just businesses and products and services, but it's like, even when you feel like you're probably not fearing anything, right? It's the other thing too. If you get too comfortable, make yourself uncomfortable, mm. right? If you're just comfortable, right? Let's just say you have a business, you're making, I don't know, $5,000 a month and you're sitting there and it pays your bills and you're comfortable. Like I would urge you to try to, to try to do more, even with the products or people or clients that you have, right? Yeah. Ask for more money. And if, if, if you don't, you know, feel like you're worth more money then 
work on that, right? Just constantly try to improve and grow and grow and grow because it happens. If you're constantly trying, it'll happen and you'll get to a point that you didn't even think was possible, right? Like 17 year old me would look at me now and be like, I don't even know how to get there. The same way that I don't necessarily know how to hit my goals that I want to get to before, for example, I'm 30, right? Mm-hmm. But I know that if I keep trying, I'll get there, right? So that's that's what I would want to leave everybody with. Man, that's incredible, dude. Just to finish it off, what do you have going on? What are you working on? What are the people going to see and, and how can they find you and follow you? The fund, the Loudoun County Business Fund, um, I'm working on. Uh, I would say your fund that you're going to be working on. I'm just helping you with it. but you know, I'm having a little bit of a hand in it, which is awesome just to help you on your own thing. Um, and then I would say people can follow me, uh, at gift your time is my Instagram. I really don't use anything else. So Instagram's the only spot and, uh, that's it. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for being a part of the Django show. It was a blessing to have you as the first episode. I'm going to have to send you a gift or something. I mean, I miss you. I can't wait to hang thank with you. Thank you. And, uh, everyone, this is Django. Hosted the Django So, and this is the end of episode one.